This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Welcome, everybody. It is Podcast Unlocked, episode 512 for September 21st, 2021. You know what that means. The fall season has officially begun, not here in San Francisco, where we're getting our abbreviated little summer. It's a toasty one here today. But games-wise, it's on. This is it. Fall game season. Uh, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. I'm joined, as always, by Miranda Sanchez. Hi, Miranda. Welcome back. Hi, hello. Thank you. Welcome, everyone. And then uh, pleased to welcome back a friend of the podcast. You know him from Twitch, Twitter, Neo GameSpark. Hello, my friend. Hello, hello, hello. It is great to be back on Podcast Unlock. Ryan, Miranda, I feel like I just saw y'all yesterday, but it's been an entire year. And I can speak to the fall season because over here in the East Coast, in New York, it's getting pretty chilly, which falls my favorite season. But yeah. happy to be back on Unlocked, and it's great to see you guys again. Likewise. So for uh, how, how has it been a year already? Did it go by that fast? Now I Dude. feel bad that I didn't invite you back on sooner. That's how did that year go by that quickly? Can, can we just crazy. can we just talk about the fact that last time I was on, we were getting ready to launch the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series consoles. And now the discussion is, all right, we're moving into PS5 Pro and a new Xbox <laughs> Series S. I'm like, how? It's only been a year, but it, it's it's crazy, man. So much has happened in this time. I. I, I still can't believe it, man. The days, it's like that Shrek song. The Shrek song, uh, the days start coming and they don't stop coming. That's yeah. life now, bro. That's literally life. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that, it's true. It's true. Welcome to video game land. That's just, or maybe it's just aging in general. Every day goes by a little quicker, but uh-huh. uh, now, Spark, for, for, since it has been a little while, for our audience that may have missed your first appearance or just to give a refresher, just give your quick intro where we can find you, what you're up to, like on Twitch and kind of your Xbox backgrounds, a couple of your favorite Xbox games. I turn the floor over to you before we get to the news proper this week. Yeah, yeah, of course. So uh, my name is Neil Gamespark. Y'all can call me Neo. Y'all can call me Chris, whatever y'all prefer. Uh, I am a content creator here on the interwebs. I've been in the game since uh, it's so weird because I'm dating myself. I've been making YouTube videos since 2008 when I was in high school. And here I am getting up there close to 30 years old and still haven't lost this passion. Now, as far as the Xbox stuff is concerned, which is how uh, most people became familiar, uh, it all happened last year. As many of y'all know, during quarantine, uh, there was a complete lockdown all across the board. So, of course, what do you do in a lockdown when you have all this free time? You don't complete a video game backlog. What you do is you buy a new console because that's totally the smartest thing to do that's <laughs> not the smartest thing to do but yeah so i was interested in picking up an xbox one because you know it'd been a long time since i've gamed with xbox the last yeah. xbox game i played was halo 4 and that was circa 2012 if i remember correctly correct yes yeah so it'd been going on close to 10 years and you know i'd always been interested in getting an xbox every now and then there was a game that i liked but you know you didn't want to buy a console for one game but I was introduced to the all access program and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty dope, man. So I got the one X and I was just surprised with how great of a machine it was, the speed, the performance, how games look. I loved it. So I imposed a challenge on myself where I would game exclusively on the one X for, I believe it was 21 days. And then I did that impressions video, thought nothing of it, went to bed, woke up the next morning. It's at like close to 10,000 views, which I'm okay cool and then i get a tweet from uh major nelson saying oh great video by neil gamespark about his time using the xbox one x and i was like you talking about me oh it's <laughs> not cool and then it just spiraled from there it, it, it went crazy and you know to make a long story short it's been amazing it's been an amazing year just getting in touch with so many new people growing this community and just meeting such like stalwarts of the industry like you like miranda and shout out to Destin. he's not here right now i, I believe he's uh um is he on paternity he is yeah yeah he's on paternity right now spending time with the family so shout out to Destin. you are missed over here um but it, it's just been fantastic fantastic just this love of gaming and how it's brought everybody together and it, it's still going strong over a year on man excellent yeah love here so have you you've stuck with it now or are you truly a multi-platform gamer 
Oh, yes, I am. A mul- if, <laughs> probably sacrilegious on the show, but I'm drinking out of a PlayStation cup right here. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm completely multi-platform. You know, I, I, for the most part, I was primarily PlayStation. PlayStation will always have yeah, a place in my heart since I was a kid. Um, but the thing is, as you get older, you realize that there are great experiences everywhere. PlayStation, Nintendo, Xbox, PC. So right now, I mean, I make no type of like I don't hide the fact that I love the Series X. You know, it's it's a dope console. Like we can sit here and talk about it for days. Um, but yeah, every now and then, if there's a great game that comes out on PlayStation, I'm gonna get it. Like Kina just came out today, and looks good. Oof, I'm just this close to pulling the trigger, but with the way my backlog is set up, <laughs> my wallet does not need any more of that. But yeah, you know, it's it's just I play games where they come out, and I have fun with it. So yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. We've got plenty to talk about this week. Uh, this is, by the way, this is my first show in a new trip around the sun. My birthday was yesterday. So, oh, happy, happy birthday, birthday to the government. Happy had a good birthday, day bro. Uh, I didn't, so I didn't have a birthday game this year. Nothing came out directly on my birthday. The closest thing, we got Diablo 2 Resurrected, which I'm super mm. stoked about because I'm old and I, Diablo 2 <laughs> from 20 years ago is one of my favorite games of all time. So that's out. Uh, coming up later this week, which I just want, I do want to talk about here in a second. But um, uh, the other, th- the thing I wanted to mention was I had completely forgotten this until a, a kind Twitter follower reminded me of this yesterday on my birthday. And it, yet it was uh, number 41 for me, but it was also number 10 for Gears of War 3, which I think is overall, I think it is overall the best of the Gears of War games. Miranda, I'd be kind of curious, you know, you're our resident gears super fan your opinion but yeah september 20th 2011 so 10 years since the trilogy ended there's that look at that <laughs> just playing that there we go in the t here's <laughs> <laughs> three miranda what, what do you remember about that game uh and and what are how do you feel about it now like 10 years later um, it's actually been a bit since I've replayed it, which though I do have a replay planned with my twin. I'm very excited to take her through that for the first time. Uh, that was, I think, of the Gears games, the one I connected with most of the original trilogy. I liked the first, uh, and the second was fun too, but the third is where it really stuck with me. I think, of course, all the stuff with Dom is, is great throughout the series, but yeah. three was what really, I think, felt like just like such a great capstone. Of course, whenever you get these sequels that are building upon each other, of course, they're going to be better over time. At least you hope so. Um, <laughs> but that, I, I think you really definitely felt that with Gears 3. So of the original, that was definitely my favorite. Now, uh, Neo, have you gone in your Xbox adventures here over the past year? Have you gone back to any of the Gears games, either old or new? Yeah, so that was the it was the one franchise that I was really excited to check out because, you know, I, I didn't have an Xbox when Gears 4 and Gears 5 dropped. So I was excited to dive back into those games. So I played through Gears 4, played through Gears 5, and those were solid experiences for the most part. You know, there were some things that I kind of wish they did a little bit better, but that's a different conversation for a different day. But ironically, Gears 3, you know, that was the last one I played back when I had my 360. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy because I remember that was my first semester of college. And I'll never forget this because I had ordered the game on Amazon instead of picking it up at a midnight launch like any sane person would do. <laughs> and I was just sitting there just waiting. I was hoping and praying that it was one of those Amazon orders that you get it at like 8 a.m. Yes. And it ended up being one you get at like 9 p.m. Because, <laughs> you know, you, you just the world hates me. <laughs> but it was it was just such an amazing experience. And I'll, I'll never forget this. Cause I remember the caption I put on my Facebook at the time was literally brothers to the end. And the entire culmination of that story leading up to the finale, I don't use the word often, but it was honestly epic. Like gears three is one of my favorite gears games. And I'm actually really excited to go back and revisit it. I, I did dabble a bit in gears three, when I was trying out xCloud and yeah. th- this is the, the, the craziest thing about this is that I remember I was going through a, a playthrough on insane back in the day mm-hmm. and I booted it up on xCloud. My save file was right there. And you guys like the best way I could describe this is like that scene in guardians of the galaxy where Peter Quill plays the awesome mix at the end of the movie. <laughs> and he's just reminded of his mom and just like a single tear comes down. <laughs> like it just, it yeah. brought me back to those good times, man. And it's, it's just incredible. Like congratulations, salute to Epic on that game. And 
10 years, man. Oh my God. 10 years. Here we are. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really, it's, go ahead, Miranda. Oh, I was just going to say, it's so fun seeing the gameplay right now. So we're, we're watching it. If you aren't um, watching, you're listening to so watching the Gears 3 gameplay and exactly what you're saying, you is just like that old, like your, your heart's a little warm because you remember what was yeah. happening there. And you have just like that nostalgia for this old time. I think, especially with the context of Gears 4 and 5, like seeing young Marcus just and his yeah. crew running around, just like, oh, Dude. when they were young. Good, <laughs> good times, man. And I still I still never forget the E3 showcase when they debuted gameplay. I, I forgot. I forgot the exact scene, but I remember Marcus woke up, I think after an explosion and then he just woke up. He was kind of like hazy and then they start the combat and then he rushes in and they saw that you can actually do that motion. I was like, bro, this game is going to go hard. Oh, good times, man. And it did. And yes, it did. It did. <laughs> it did. And this to me, you know, Miranda, one and two had their sort of, you know, emotional meathead moments, right? Where you, you think this is just like <laughs> a bunch of no net guys running around shooting stuff, but there's some heart to it. But three for me, it was it just wrapped up the story arc so wonderfully with all these characters. It was just they, Epic did such a tremendous job on this game, and that I gave it a ten for OXM back in the day. In fact, a kind uh, Mike, I'll shout out to Mike, who uh, who found because OXM's dead and buried, and the website's gone. And, and the short version is like, unless you have the paper magazines, all that OXM content's pretty much gone. Oh, man. Mike found uh, scans of the pages of of my gears three review online and sent Whoa. them to me and then i posted them Dude. so they're on my twitter right now and it was it was it brought me back reading that review it, one of the easy i didn't give a lot of tens at oxm and i've only given two tens in nine years at ign one of the easiest tens i ever gave Gears three i mean the campaign was just brilliant start to finish we talked about the story stuff already uh which i i won't spoil it for anybody but boy it really just paid there's some there's some real heartstring tugging stuff in Gears oh, 3. Yeah. Versus was better than it had ever been at that point, and Horde, Horde I was, was to say, so good. You yes. have to make it Horde. 3. Yes. have to. So, best game that's ever come out on my birthday, <laughs> September 20th. <laughs> Shout out to Gears of War 3 that's 10 years old already, which, uh, which is just fantastic. All right, let's get to the news proper, uh, and let's start with a not an unusual occurrence this year, a game delay of a major, major fall title. However, the good news is the delay is not that far. It's Battlefield 2042. That is the uh, victim of the delay this time. Only a four-week push, though. A game that was supposed to be out in uh, late October on, I believe, the 22nd is now due out on November 19th. I'm not saying I'm I'm done saying a game is coming out on a date. I'm I'm just going to say it's due out because you just never know anymore. But uh, November 19th for Battlefield in a press release, Dice's GM Oscar Gabrielson cites the ongoing complications with the COVID-19 pandemic. "Quote: Given the scale and scope of the game, we had hoped our teams would be back in our studios together as we move towards launch. With the ongoing conditions not allowing that to happen safely." And with all the hard work the teams are doing from home, we feel it is important to take the extra time to deliver on the vision of Battlefield 2042 for our players, end quote. So, uh, Neo, are you you a Battlefield guy at all? You, you going to be diving into this one this fall? Yeah, I'm actually really excited for 2042. Now, full disclosure, uh, I haven't played Battlefield consistently since part four. That was the last one I really enjoyed. And then, you know, sometimes you're just in periods in your life where you don't really game competitively. You just want to do single player stuff, co-op. Um, but everything I've seen of 2042 looks pretty solid. Now, that being said, I'm not going to lie. Some of the stuff they've shown off did seem a little spooky. Like, I understand it's pre-alpha. I understand the pandemic working dick conditions and you know like sometimes when you see a game in beta or alpha and then on release they look completely different yeah. but there was something about this one that even though i liked the gameplay and it looked like battlefield except jacked up to 11 it just it just looked a little rough the animations were just kind of um but the fact that they delayed it is not is not the issue you know somebody 
for the love of God, insert the Shigeru Miyamoto quote here so we can stop <laughs> seeing it posted everywhere. Yes. Um, <laughs> but something about it, like the fact that they waited this long to delay it when the game, correct me if I'm wrong, it was supposed to come out in a few weeks, right? Well, I mean, as we're sitting here taping on the 21st, it would have been exactly one month away, basically. Right. So for them to delay it last minute, I mean, I'm not a game developer. I understand that, you know, in a lot of um, countries in Europe, um, they had to transition back to work from home. So that definitely did affect their pipeline. It affected the pipeline for Horizon uh, Forbidden West as well. Um, but yeah, I really hope that they can bring it all together at launch because I do like Battlefield. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, but I wouldn't be surprised if on release, it, it's definitely got some... Um, it's got some growing pains and they got to iron some stuff out. That, that's that's what really bothers me. You know? It's always tough with a large scale multiplayer game, right? Because there's only yeah. how much testing can you do? We're going to talk about Halo in a minute and the efforts they're attempting to try and mitigate any any launch day stuff. But, you know, Battlefield's rocking, what, 128 player matches. So mm -hmm. it's uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Now, Miranda, you are definitely a shooter aficionado at IGN is, you know, there's no campaign in 2042. Are you tempted to jump out there in multiplayer land and, and some of these uh, big modes that they've got going on? Or are you going to stick with some of the other shooters that we're going to talk about in a minute this fall? I've never been a Battlefield person, but my dad is a huge Battlefield person. Like He still plays. He has like a crew of people that he plays with regularly. I'm just like, yeah, Battlefield for my dad. Woo. That's kind of how I look at it. Um, so sometimes I will dive in just to play with him a little bit. Um, but it's typically not my thing. I don't really... I guess these days I don't really prefer team um, competitive games as much for shooters. A lot of times I just go in by myself and just, you know, try to one man army or just have a fun time with that. Yeah. So Battlefield doesn't really fit that mold for me, but uh, I might try it out. Probably will. So what you're saying, Miranda, is that you want to be on the top of the leaderboards for your skills, not anybody Usually, else in yeah. your squad. That's how it Usually. is. I respect that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't want to rely. I don't want to wait for anybody else. I just want to go. Sorry. I, I think Ryan <laughs> <laughs> well, we played, uh, what was it, uh, Extraction? Oh, Rainbow Six, yeah. Yeah, we played Rainbow Six. I was like, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I was like, come on over here. Like, hurry I felt up. so bad. I was Miranda's really bossy. Definitely, she is, uh, she's, she's Commander Sanchez uh, in, that, in, in the game. And she's like, all right, we are moving. She's not one to, there's no stopping to smell the roses. It's like, we are moving on to the next thing. We are going to get this job done. And I'm kind of yeah. like, well... What if we did like every secondary thing we could possibly do? And she's like, no, we're moving That's on. it. We are taking the objective. That is the objective. <laughs> I think with, with shooters and stuff, I think it's just a different perspective. If it's not a solo campaign sort of deal. And if you're timed, I'm like, all right, maybe after we clear everything in the level and we have extra time at the end, we can go back and walk around, like see what's on the, the, the writing on these boxes are. Yeah, exactly. Like see what kind of flowers they planted in this level. Look at the know. ray tracing on the water. Yeah, yes. Take, take a minute to admire. But then, no, I'm just like, let's go. Let's <laughs> just go. <laughs> yeah, so I think that makes it a little bit harder for me sometimes to play these team games if, if I don't have a willing to you, you definitely got to have the right crew that's one thing i've definitely learned the older i've gotten because when i play a lot of these kind of games you know sometimes it is you want to go in you want to have fun but the older i get i'm like all right i have this limited amount of time to play games right if y'all want to squat up and play this y'all better know what you're doing yeah like, I, 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 I don't want to say i condone bullying your teammates but if we all playing together you gotta like i ain't trying to see no negatives i'm not trying to see negative <laughs> that's it i need at least positive <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm at the point uh, I can relate to that to the point where like with Halo coming up, which, again, we'll talk about in a few minutes. We got big team battle is in the next multiplayer tech test, which I'm just like just jumping out of my own body and excitement for. But I'm totally going to be like Miranda's going to be the skilled shooter on the <laughs> battlefield, actually, you know, just taking people down, clearing the way. I'm going to be the one who's like, I'm driving the Warthog. I'm really good at driving the Warthog. <laughs> I will get you where you need to go. You do the killing and I'll get us from point A to point B. There we B. go. And you need a driver. You need yeah. a getaway driver, man. I'm telling you, if, if, <laughs> if my limited time playing GTA Online has taught me something, you got to have a skill driver. Got to, bro. <laughs> got to. So, uh, all right. So, uh, slight delay to Battlefield 2042, but not, I mean, I think if, if you'd have not heard the date of November 19th and you would have just heard Battlefield 2042 delayed, 
you probably would have assumed, oh, it's being pushed into 2022, but thankfully yeah. only four weeks in this case. So uh, Neo, to your point, I imagine that they waited to the last minute because they probably were just just eyeing the team's progress and going, well, could we push hard to make this? And and they decided, you know what, let's, you know, either they weren't going to be able to quite make it and have a polished product and or they didn't want to push the team uh, yeah. as, you know, humans that far. So good on them for taking the extra time. And what this does is uh, we got to it spaces things out just a little bit in the fall, because as I was putting the show together this week, I realized at which you've already, you know, you've seen <laughs> the headline of the show. This fall is FPS heaven, which is uh, I'm so happy because first person shooter genre is my favorite genre in gaming. Here's what the rest of 2021 looks like just for first person shooters. So and I know all of these are not necessarily quite apples and oranges. I had some I, I posted something like this on Twitter and a couple of people were <laughs> had really weird takes on it. Like, what? How are they the same? Like, well, they're both first person shooters. But anyway, you've got uh, it starts off on October 7th, which is two weeks out. I mean, that's like two, two and a half weeks from now. October 7th, Far Cry 6. Then the next week, not a lot of time there, we go right to Back for Blood, which I feel like was getting a lot of hype, what, last year? And yeah. I feel like the hype on that's kind of tailed off a bit, which uh, I don't, I think it's going to be, if it's anything like the alpha I played a year ago, that, that game's going to be excellent. It's also launching into Game Pass, which hold on to that thought for a second. November 5th, so we get a nice little cushion there, a nice little gap from Back for Blood to Call of Duty Vanguard, which Miranda has already given some very uh, less than enthusiastic multiplayer beta impressions of. Of course, we'll see how the full game turns out. Then the 19th, you've got, a, you've got two more weeks till Battlefield 2042, and then you've got uh, another uh, two and a half weeks or three weeks until Halo Infinite. Also, obviously, Xbox Game Pass. So that is a lot of first-person shooter action this fall, which makes me very, very happy. And, Neil, I want to come back to you first on this because you, know, you were talking at the top of the show about, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're looking at, at uh, Kena Bridge of Spirits on PS5. That's a next-gen exclusive release. And, like, hey, that game looks really cool, but then you've got the other eye on your wallet and your backlog going, uh, maybe I'll wait on that. So as we look at this just row of shooters coming out this fall, I'm curious if those couple of games, Black for Blood and Halo, being on Game Pass, on how that impacts which of these games you're going to play or, or and slash buy. Well, honestly, I mean, the fact that two out of those four games you listed being on Game Pass, that, that's like Christmas to me, first yeah. and foremost. Like both of those games, even if I wasn't, as interested in both of them because full disclosure like i'm really excited for back for blood <clears throat> i grew up playing left for dead left for dead 2 i don't even want to disclose how many hours but it's definitely in the <laughs> close Where? to a thousand it's a point of pride there's no there's yeah. no shame there That's oh pride. no no shit no shame at all man but it's like i've been wanting a type of game to hit that particular like scratch that itch and unfortunately we really haven't gotten anything we've gotten things that are similar to it but not to the same degree but i played back for blood Last year, I played the alpha and I enjoyed what I saw, like when it was able to run because it wasn't right. running that great. But then I got to the beta this year and I was having fun with it. Now, I look at these games very differently than most. Like these are the type of games that I turn on. I play. I squat up with my boys and it, it's like the game we play after work. You know, we throw back a few drinks and all that stuff and we have fun with it. But to your point, Ryan, what you were saying, how, you know, there was all this hype and it somehow just diminished. Uh, I did notice that a lot, and it was when there was that open beta. Uh, I guess a lot of people had a different impression about this game than they thought it was going to be, uh, and I can understand that to some extent, like, you know, people's expectations and all that, but I always like to wait for the full release to see how it is, so I'm excited for this game, and I mean, Halo Infinite, same thing. I mean, I was already going to buy Halo Infinite day one, but it being on Game Pass, it just takes that out of the equation, so we're down to two. 
Far Cry 6. Three. And... We had three in there. Uh, Far oh, Cry, Call of Duty, and Battlefield are the other three. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. It's really packed. All right. So, Far Cry 6. Uh, mm. How do I say this that without... That sounds like a no. I just... Listen, not to discredit anybody. You like what you like. Who am I to judge? But, yeah. Um, I, I'm the type of person where I play one Ubisoft game a generation, and I'm good, Chief. Yep. One a generation. That's one a generation. That's it. It used it used to be different. Well, okay, I should say different. Like, all right, if it's something like Rainbow Six Siege, that's a little different. But if we're talking the Assassin's Creeds, the Far Cries, every game, every everything that's like cut from the same cloth. I know they got their differences, but man, it's just every time I try to boot them up, it it, it just takes me out. So Far Cry 6, it it has its fans and I'm happy for you guys. It looks exciting having um Giancarlo Esposito. That's that's going to be great. Um so yeah, I'm I'm going to ignore that and then we got Call of Duty and Battlefield. Now, Battlefield is going to be the only one I purchase. You know, I have no qualms with it not having a campaign cuz I'm going to be real with the exception of Bad Company 2. I I don't remember much of the Battlefield campaigns, to be honest. Nobody does. Uh, yeah, but but according to the internet, it not having a campaign is make or break, supposedly. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited for Battlefield. Call of Duty, on the other hand, I <laughs> I was kind of hoping this was going to be the one to bring me back into Call of Duty. Because, like, I, I'm not even going to lie. Like, Sometimes I enjoy the Call of Duty games that a lot of people aren't into. You know, like there's always that cycle. Like everyone loves a Call of Duty game, then they hate it. Yeah. Then they say it's an underrated gem. Except um, but for I was, Ghost. Nobody liked that one. Nobody oh yeah, no, likes yeah. Ghost. No, nobody. That that. Hey, I. You know, the day I see somebody, if I start seeing, if I start seeing the video essay about why Call of Duty Ghost is an underrated gem, that is something I want to watch. I just want to see. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what they found in that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, Call of Duty, you know, like every, every couple of years I pick up one. The last one I bought myself was Black Ops 3. I had a lot of fun with that. Um, But ever since then, Call of Duty's just been zombies for me. Like I said, I I go back to those type of game modes. You know, me and the boys, we squad up, we get together. We've been playing zombies since 2008. So it's... Beginning, man. Yeah. Yeah, since the OG, man. Um, So I was excited. Like, all right, maybe if this Call of Duty game has got like a dope zombies mode, we'll see how it is. But man, just everything I see about this game, and I'm really interested if you can disclose some of it on the show, Miranda. What did you think about that beta? Because everything I looked, I'm going to be nice, but it it did not look like it was hitting. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, hey. I was like, Nia, don't ask me about this again. I, I, I got to. It's I got, okay. I got okay. to. Um, yeah, I talked about this a little, little bit previously. So I didn't actually play the beta. I only played the press beta kind of thing. So it's essentially okay. the beta, but there's a few other things in the beta. Uh, I honestly just did not want to go back to it. So I didn't waste. I'm, I'm sorry. I did not want to waste my time playing something I'm having a lot of fun with. Uh, uh, yeah. World War Two. I, I don't know. I'm just a little tired of it. Uh, I, I think for me, I'll probably play Call of Duty's campaign because I do have a friend. I always have to disclose this. It's really important for me to disclose these sorts of things. I do have a friend who's on the narrative team. So I'm kind of curious about that to see how they are trying to pull together these four stories. That's very unusual for me. I'm always like a multiplayer first, first person shooter kind of person for things like Call of Duty. So the fact that I'm so disenchanted with the multiplayer already is not Uh-oh. ideal for me but that's fine because we have halo this year and that's what yeah. i care about like that's just what i want and that's why i'm actually really bummed that's out in december because i'm like man i want it sooner but at the same time that means i could spend all december on halo so you know there you go i'll be good yeah for me I-, I think i've talked about this on unlocked before but i have a weird relationship with far cry where i think i'm gonna like it every time I want to like it every time. Three, three is still, that's the only one I've finished. Far Cry 3 is the only one mm-hmm. I've actually played all the way through. Four just felt like 3.5. And yeah. I put a few hours in. Again, there's, uh, there's, they're not, none of them are bad games. None, I'm not tra- saying that at all, but it just, four didn't hold my interest. Uh, Primal, I played a couple hours of at a preview event and felt like, yep, I don't need to play any more of this uh, when it ultimately comes out. Um, I mean, like, Blood Dragon was interesting just as a weird, like, 1980s 
futuristic kind of thing. Uh, but as far as the mainline ones go, five, I don't know, f- just five didn't didn't grab me. Again, it's that thing where I almost can't even quantify it. I just it just didn't hook me. Uh, and now six, like yes, Giancarlo Esposito gonna be a great villain continuing and that's that's far cry's thing is to have a cool sinister villain but i don't know i i just i just can't i just i cannot I work I, up a lot of enthusiasm for it for some i think reason. i can encapsulate your thoughts ryan yeah and like i said no no discredit to anyone involved yeah. in the making of it and no discredit to anyone who likes these games but when i look at Far Cry, the franchise as it is now, it just it just seems like busy work. The franchise, like you open yeah. this map, you've got fifty million things to do. Yep, and it, it literally seems as if this is a franchise where, if you look at the back of the box, you know, back when we used to go to the stores and look at the back to see how cool it was, it just seems like they're trying to pad it with oh, fifty million quests here, and right. here's that, and here's that, and for some people out there. And this is one thing I've noticed with like the recent Assassin's Creed games is they've like, um engaged more in online live service stuff trying to be like an mmo a lot of people do like getting engrossed in a world that has a lot of busy work because even if the story might not be great even if the quest might not be that engaging but it's the fact that you have all of these things and it's something for you to clear and just the way that they've been leaning into the assassin's creed live service franchise and now they've got what what is it assassin's creed infinite infinity that's oh, the yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it it seems it seems like it's working out for a lot of people man like valhalla was the highest selling game in the franchise to my knowledge so it, it just seems like a lot of people like this busy work stuff yeah i mean it's i know it's a preference thing but i, I do i think generally uh, this is you know nothing is totally you know one side or the other there's always a scale of this but i do feel like generally speaking older gamers which i'm now <laughs> heading into i just like at least speaking for me i want just the like the pure quality over quantity i am not i have no quantity does not move the needle for me if it's mm-hmm. if it's 6 hours long but it's fantastic i'm all over that i have no i will spend 60 bucks on that you know i have no problem with that uh but when it's 60 hours and it's filled with busy work, that's where I kind of look at that and go, I don't really want to spend 60 hours with this doing these somewhat menial tasks in a lot of the cases of these side quests. So, yeah, I think, Neo, you, you kind of hit on it for me a little bit there. And it's there's just, yeah, I'll, I, I just want to get down to the just main line. Just give me the give me the good stuff and, and cut out the rest. Uh, but I know for a lot of people. That quantity matters a lot because they feel like they're getting a lot for their money. There's a lot of game there to consume and it's, you know, they're spending their $60 and getting 60 hours out of it. And that's, and that's totally great. But yeah, for me, I, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm more of just a mainline campaign. Give me the best, show me the best thing you've got uh, in this game. (laughs) And that's, that's the part of it I want to play. So I might dabble a little in Far Cry 6. I mean, it's it's my job, of course, to do so. But I, I, I'm not optimistic that I will that this is going to be the Far Cry. The, the this will be the first one since three that I actually finish. I have a very little uh, optimism about that. But we'll see. I, for me, of this list, Halo, of course, which we're going to talk more about in a second. That's number one by a country mile. Um, <laughs> Call of Duty, I'm going to at least start the campaign. Those are short. Those are five, yeah. six hours. You can finish I will those probably the finish the campaign. I've finished every... I think I've finished every campaign except Ghosts. Wow. I was like, I've played every Call of Duty campaign. I've got to do it. And then I got two hours or three hours into Ghosts, and I was like, this is bad. <laughs> you Why am I doing this? Really and I, funny. And I walked yeah, <laughs> yeah I think, I, I think I played every, I've completed every single campaign in the entire franchise. Right. Except for, yeah. Call of Duty Ghost is my first Call of Duty campaign. It's amazing you still like the series. Wow. So, because you're like, wait, Miranda, weren't you playing Call of Duty before that? Yes, but I only played the multiplayer because that's all I yeah. cared about from Call of Duty. Because yeah. I think one time, I think I dabbled in like Modern Warfare 2's campaign. 
And I just more so to get a feel for the weapons than anything. And then I was like, I don't want to play this. And then I just went to the, the multiplayer. I, I think what we need is we gotta we gotta create like a, a Patreon stretch goal to get Ryan to not only play but stream all of COD stream Ghost. Ghost. Ha- oh, ham on too. We have to see your face when you do this, bro. Like, I- I'll, I'll pre-order that stream. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we'll do it for charity. We'll hook, hook for like child's <laughs> play or something. Uh, yeah, well, I'll I'll do it. I'll do it if there's a good cause behind it for sure. Yeah, but there we go. Um, yeah, anyway, so I don't know how this turned into like the dunk on ghost Call of Duty Ghosts episode, but the dunk so on it, Call of Duty Ghosts and so Ubisoft it. at the same time. <laughs> um, um, yeah, uh, anyway, Back for Blood's the other one that I'm like, I'm ready. It's yes. like you, Neo, so many great memories from Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2, and so sad that Valve chose not to continue the series and, and keep it moving. And, and Back for Blood. It absolutely transparently is that. I mean, it's the same. Yeah. It's the original development team, Turtle Rock, who had you know, they had joined Valve and become Valve South, and then they split off from Valve and went back to went back on their own as Turtle Rock. So, I mean, it is Left 4 Dead Three, and I'm that makes me extremely happy. So, mm-hmm. if for me, it's going to be it's going to be Back for Blood, the Vanguard campaign because that'll be nice and short, and then just all in like Miranda on Infinite come December eighth. And you will never, there will be like, you might as well just delete every other game off of my Xbox. <laughs> ever, except for I, I thought you were about to say, I thought you were about to say, and you will never hear from me for the rest of the year. <laughs> That's what it was sound like. Maybe. Both of y'all like, you, you were getting excited. Miranda had that smile. The second you say, Halo, she's like, oh yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, that, this is of course all contingent on the campaign, not disappointing us, which we don't know. You know, this is a, Ugh. we'll see, but the, at least the multiplayer, all accounts, all Indications are that multiplayer is going to be good. Yeah. And that's what I want to talk about next, which is that second Halo Infinite multiplayer test flight. It is this weekend, but it's also next weekend. That was the cool news we got from 343 this week. So it starts, so it's running this weekend from the 23rd to the 26th. So I'm going to clear my entire Thursday schedule and just play Halo <laughs> if I can. I probably I won't be able to because I have a job to do, but. That's okay. The 23rd to the 26th. And then next weekend as well, September 30th to October 3rd. Now, the tests will not be open for PvP multiplayer during the entire time of those weekends. Uh, they, want, they want you to do the bots, the training academy stuff. Uh, they're gonna, their, their goal is to try and stress the hell out of the servers and thus they're funneling everybody into a, a short window. So you've got 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific time, Friday through Sunday, both weekends, as well as 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific. So you can do your own time zone conversion on that. We live in the Pacific time zone. Best, West Coast is best coast. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, yes, uh, this, that's when the actual PvP will be live. but. Uh, you know, if you've got training mode, you've got weapon drills, you've got uh, customization, that's, that, that's all there. Now, Friday, mark your calendar, Friday, this Friday, the 24th, 10 a.m., 4v4 Arena will be available. And then it's going to be, I have to wait a little extra time. It's going to be that second weekend, second beta test is going to be the Arena and 12v12 Big team battle, the largest big team battle that we've ever had in Halo. So, um, Miranda, A, we are are we playing together? And B, what which of which of these components are you most excited to jump into? Yes, for one. Or A, you could call you could call it A. <laughs> and then for B, uh, I know I said this last time too that I'm really excited to get back into weapon drills, which I know sounds really boring, but it's because I had so much fun. Seriously, y'all, if you got some time, just pop on a podcast, pop on an audiobook, your favorite music, just head into Weapon Drills, go play with some weapons you've never thought you would want to use, and get a feel for them, because it will really help you learn how to play Halo in a different way. Like I said, I got converted to doing um, shooting from the hip. Never do that. And now I'm like, I don't want to aim automatically every time. No for Miranda? Uh, it's it's a miracle. <laughs> There's some weapons that just don't need it, and I'm I think that's to, that, that's the idea with the weapon drills too. Is that you are 
being forced to try to achieve like this certain um, point level. And you can only get it if you're using that weapon with the most efficiency. So that's what it really teaches you to do. It's like, hey, maybe what you're doing or how you're playing this isn't efficient enough. So as you try to like reconfigure how you're playing, that's when you can learn how to like play with weapon better. And honestly, I, I know I just, it's very weird to like geek out over that, but I loved it so much. And I'm really excited to do that again. It's just a nice quiet time. It's very therapeutic. Highly recommend. Um, but aside from that, I'm of course excited for big team battle. Like it's, how could you not be? Can I be your warthog driver? Yes. Yes, of course. <laughs> Please. I'd be honored. <laughs> Excellent. Love it. Um, now, Neo, I, we, we on Unlocked here, we kind of, we have our little Unlocked bubble. We talk to each other all the time and, and we've talked ad nauseum about Infinite and about, um, you know, how, how we feel about it, both campaign multiplayer. I mean, we're, obviously we're talking about multiplayer here with, uh, with this tech stress test coming up. Where are you, just generally speaking, with Infinite and everything it's gone through? It's been six years since Halo 5. It's been over a year since Craig last year. Um, where are you kind of overall? Where's your hype level for Infinite right now, both campaign and multiplayer? Well, my hype level right now is actually at negative zero because we haven't seen anything of Craig in an entire year. So <laughs> three, four, three. I want to know what's going on with that first and foremost. Um, but no, nah, in all seriousness, I'm I'm very excited about Halo Infinite, asterisk included. Um, just given the recent announcements they've made in regards to modes not being at launch. You know, that is kind of a bummer because um, I was looking forward to diving into like co-op campaign. That was going to be the first thing that uh, me and the crew did. And then now that it's not there, I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it definitely does shine another light on 343 as far as the development is concerned with this game. I mean, six years. Wow. Um, but, you know, talking about the positives, uh, the multiplayer looks really solid, man. And if there is something that they need to nail more than anything, it's got to be the online. Obviously, the campaign is just as important to a Halo experience. People talk about that, the lore ad nauseum for years. It's, it's, it's a big reason why a lot of people play. But that multiplayer is why everybody keeps coming back. And everything I've seen from the first flight, which I didn't participate in because I kind of resigned myself to waiting until the game was out because I wanted to see it in its full glory on display. Yeah. Um, but now I might have to go back on my words with this second flight because I, I did get the invite for it. And I've you got to jump just, in. Come on. I know. I know. The fact that they have the big team battle. It's just it's calling my name man. I'll have to go back on my word of just waiting till launch. Um, but yeah, everything from the multiplayer perspective. Um, looks very rock solid. I'm liking a lot of the, the subtle changes and the tweaks that they're making and just I mean, as always, the transparency from 343, as far as this is concerned, is just um, fantastic. So I'm really hoping that come December, um, the multiplayer fires on all cylinders. But more than anything, I do want to see more of the campaign because like, it's great. We're seeing the multiplayer. That's been the focus since June. Um, but the campaign's been MIA since that first unveiling. I mean, we had that little thing at E3, that, that uh, the cutscene, um, but we haven't gotten any type of gameplay whatsoever. And I mean, I'm not going to regurgitate what y'all have probably already discussed before, but I think there is going to be a big fundamental shift in what the campaign is. Because, you know, they brought in Joseph Staten. And I think the reason why we haven't seen it is because they're waiting till literally the last minute to show this different version. Because... You know, if anything, you'd, you'd want to show the campaign to prove people like, hey, look, our game looks so much better than it did the first time. But the fact that they hadn't leads me to believe that there is something going on behind the scenes that uh, we don't know about. But as always, you know, just developing a game during a pandemic, it's a struggle for everybody. So the fact that they're launching this game as is, it should be commended. And I mean, I just wish them all the best on a on a rock solid launch, man. So. All I want to do, I'm just looking over at my monitor. All I want to do is just watch this. I know. I can't, I can't see your play. eyes glancing over just like that. <laughs> just, I'm just zoning yeah. out. And, oh, by the way, this, yep. again, because my the audience knows this, I didn't get to play in the first test. So um, this map, Bizarre, this looks mm -hmm. like a really good map. Mm -hmm. This looks super This was fun. great. Yeah, I, I was genuinely impressed with the maps that we played uh, in the first test. Uh, so That's really quickly, for our audio listeners out there, we were watching Halo multiplayer. Oh, it looks so good. 
on yeah, screen right now. It's very engaging. As fantastic as Halo 5 multiplayer was, and we've talked about that for the last six years. Yeah. My one probably chief complaint about it is that I feel like it didn't really have great maps because mm-hmm. Halo has such a history of having just not just good multiplayer maps, great maps, maps where yeah. I can say lockout, I can say the pit. And you know exactly what I'm talking about, and you're you instantly like smile on in, on the inside or on the outside. Uh, so that's where I'm hoping that Halo Infinite can uh, can step up its game a little bit. But this, yeah, Bazaar looks really good. All right, uh, we're running out of time. I want to do one more story here, and it is Yakuza related. This is a game. I feel like Yakuza is having its moment right now in the West, specifically even in the Xbox community. I mean, we saw the uh it, day one launch title as a as a at least a next gen exclusive before it later came to ps5 and it was already on current gen but that was with yakuza like a dragon so <clears throat> yakuza has a, become a real big deal in the west it's already a really respected franchise so we got some news on it here chinese developer and publisher NetEase is reportedly in final negotiations with yakuza's creator toshihiro nagoshi to hire him away from Sega, where he has been since 1989. That is an incredible run, and it's, as of now, still going. But according to a report from Bloomberg, uh, at NetEase, Nagoshi would be expected to build a new team and develop brand new games for the company, though the final contract and any details about his job role have yet to be set in stone. As Tokyo-based analyst Sarkan Toto of uh, Kantan Games put it to Bloomberg, companies like NetEase and Tent are especially interested in acquiring Japanese talent to accomplish these goals. Quote, Tencent and NetEase have been speaking to just about every, uh, excuse me, just about all publicly traded studios here and are actively courting some privately held developers too. They both feel pressure to make headway in Japan, especially since game regulations in their home market, China, are becoming increasingly restrictive, Toto said. So uh, Yakuza is clearly, it's one of the best things that Sega has going right now. I would think this would be a big blow to them. Uh, Neo, are you, I know you're a big JRPG guy. Is is Yakuza uh, up your alley? (laughs) Let me tell you. (laughs) Uh, Where is it? I got my uh, Yakuza 6 collector's edition down there. I got the shot glasses up here. I'm a, I'm a big fan of this franchise. We've been playing it for over 10 years. I love it. And the fact that it's, it's getting the recognition that it rightfully deserves, it makes me happy. Um, this story, though, I'm kind of conflicted on it for a number of reasons, but not the reason folks expect. Um, when you hear about this, the, the creator of Yakuza going to NetEase, a lot of people think that means um, it spells doom and gloom for the franchise. But what a lot of people don't realize is that... Um, Nagoshi hasn't been a lot of people they look at him they think oh he's directing all the games in the franchise he hasn't directed a a Yakuza game to my knowledge since Yakuza 5 now someone might want to fact check me in the comments but he's been serving more as a producer capacity and then as time progresses um as time progressed Sega gave him more responsibilities within the actual company so it's not like he was just the producer on Yakuza he was doing a lot of things for a bunch of other franchises so he's moved more to the the higher like overseeing things just to make sure that it's good but the people who are making the yakuza games and of course judgment as well they're still involved in the company like all the directors all the writers all that stuff Nagoshi's just moved into more of an executive capacity which i know depending on the country it's different like when you talk about an executive producer over here in the states on a movie versus japan it could be it could mean completely different things but i mean on, on the one hand i maybe it is time for him because being at one company for 30 years and even though yeah. He's done so much from Super Monkey Ball to Binary Domain, the Yakuza franchise. Like, honestly, he's carried this company on his back for the longest time because obviously Sega does not know what they want to do with Sonic. Um, But outside of Sonic, their biggest franchise that they have, at least in terms of like commercial gamers, is Yakuza. And there's so Mm -hmm. much love with the franchise. So for him to leave at the height of this franchise's rise, it makes me feel some type of way as a gamer. But I'm a gamer. He's a creator. And if he feels as if like it's time to move on and do something else with another company with what I assume just based off of all the Chinese money floating around, 
a pretty high budget, maybe that's something he wants to do. And I mean, it is what it is. Hopefully, hopefully it works out for him. But I think most people don't really have to worry much about this franchise because if Sega is smart, they'll just let it run business as usual. Just focus on creating great games. Because the thing about the Yakuza franchise, a lot of people don't realize is that even though it's popular now, it's still very niche. Like the amount of people who would know about Yakuza outside of our circle is very small. So this organic growth that it's had as a series, Sega should be looking at that not as, oh, well, we have Yakuza. We could just pump out any game. That'd be fine. No, 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 no. What they're doing, what they're working on, keep it and let it run. Just give them whatever funding they need. Give them whatever wishes they need. And we're starting to see that with um, like um, Lost Judgment, for example. Right. That's a game from uh, Ryuga Gotoku Studios. Comes out this week, but it's so significant because that's the first time they've ever done a simultaneous global launch. And as the games have progressed, they've gotten shorter and shorter that window, but never to the degree where we have a Yakuza universe game launching day and date. So if Sega was smart, they'll just not try to tamper with that. But we'll, we'll see where this goes from here. Well, uh, Miranda, I'm curious your thoughts as well. But before I go to you, before the Internet can even fact check you, I have done so. Oh, there we go. Uh, you are, you know, you're, you know, you're Yakuza. For ah, sure. look at that. Five was indeed the last <laughs> one that he actually directed and he's been executive director. So yeah, again, more of a kind of an oversight role since then. So you are, uh, let no one doubt your, your series knowledge here. Well done. So yeah, Miranda, where are you with this? Uh, do you see this as the start of a trend of, uh, of this, you know, these, these very deep pocketed Chinese companies coming in and trying to hire talent are you concerned about the future of this this very now beloved franchise uh yes i think it's really interesting to see these chinese companies trying to get these game developers because as you mentioned previously uh, china is really cracking down on different sort of mandates uh in terms of relating to games like how often kids can play it, how many hours uh i think i would need to double check this as well and i should have but i was i didn't want to type loud uh whether or not they're allowing new games to release in China, like there's a lot of limitations there as far as what they can and can't release. And I know mobile game is really huge. So if you actually look at NetEase's portfolio, it's a lot of mobile games, like all their hot games, all mobile games. They look kind of similar to things that you've maybe seen in other games. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of just like what they do. Uh, so I could see them wanting to maybe hire some who does have a lot of experience and talent and can develop something new for them. As far as uh, Yakuza goes, I actually haven't gotten to play them. They have been on my list for a long time, and they're probably something eventually, as I've sort of done for a long time for me, uh, streaming them eventually, just because it's like a, a good way to get up on that backlog. I know uh, Max Govel is a huge fan of the Yakuza games, and so that's kind of where I've been learning, because he has this great guide on like, which games should you start with first, because there are so many. Um, and they have their own continuity, of course, too. So I think they're they're really creative. They're so fun. I love seeing the gifts and everything from them. But as we've just heard in this conversation, I don't think it's necessarily too scary for the future of that, those games for Sega if he gets pulled away. Like, yes, you're losing someone who's pretty critical to there, but obviously he's not the only person designing this game, right? right. He's not the only creative mind behind it. So it's not like you would lose everything if you just lose one person. Uh, so if anything, it could be kind of exciting because maybe he goes on to make something completely different or like with similar ideas and like fun, I guess. I don't know. Yakuza is just very fun. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. I, I previewed creative. it. Uh, with, on, it was one of the first games that I had for the Series X in the, mm -hmm. when they sent us the preview units of the hardware. And I, yeah. I had I had never played uh, a Yakuza game before. And I, I I definitely found it very charming and appealing. I was like, this is. It's 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 an RPG with a, just a very different vibe and attitude, and the fact that it's you know totally modern day. I I liked a oh, lot of yes. it. It was it was really enjoyable. So, like a dragon is is. I did not expect to love that game as much as I I, I did because you know I've been playing these games for such a long time, and the thing about the Yakuza franchise, which Miranda, whenever you do get down to playing them, you'll you'll come to understand. Um they're definitely more double a in a lot of respects so they reuse a lot of assets and, and that was because of the development time and everything uh now they've obviously changed some things a bit but 
the thing about like a dragon and why it's so fresh is like you said ryan it's set in a modern day it's a japanese rpg in a modern day we do not get those often especially one that's done to such a crazy good degree as this and it features adult characters which is my biggest because i know there's there's this big stigma going around with jrpgs some people don't like them because oh they're just too high fantasy or they just have a bunch of annoying kids and i I totally get that but i always implore people especially because it's on game pass try like a dragon like this the story in it the juxtaposition of the goofiness and it's still you can still take it seriously like bro there were moments towards the end of the game no spoilers but i i legit was ready to shed tears man it's it's they put their heart and soul into this game man and you'll laugh too like there there were hilarious moments it's ridiculous (laughs) man just finding i I ran into this guy on the street who needed help with something and it ended up like with the two of us in in diapers like oh yeah (laughs) in adult yeah it was it's yeah it's uh it goes places it gets weird it gets weird yeah. in, in the funniest of ways so um yeah we'll, we'll keep an eye on that story we'll see what happens all right uh we are about out of time this week but so i'm gonna skip loot box but i just want to implore everybody send in your loot box questions because most weeks when we do this you can be featured on unlocked i would love to feature you so just tweet on video tweet your question at me I'm at DMC underscore Ryan uh, and just your open Xbox question to the panel. And we will do another one, I promise, on next week's podcast. But I do quickly want to do the trivia while Neo's here because see if he can get on the board and we'll see if Miranda can widen her lead over Destin in the process (laughs) as as we keep score all year long in anticipation of presenting the trivia winner for the year gets an actual trophy made by a member of the Unlocked community. This week's question is a good one. I know this one, and I know Miranda has been playing a lot of Remedy games, so we'll see how she does, and then we'll just we'll we'll see where uh, where Neo's at with this one too. Jonathan from Scotland asks, which band is featured on the end credits for Max Payne Two: The Fall of Max Payne, which is a uh, pretty old at this point. Now I'm going to give you a hint. I'm going to throw in an extra hint here because Max Payne Two is pretty old. Uh, like me, pretty old. <laughs> this band has been in multiple Remedy games. So okay. there, there is a relationship there. So is it the Rasmus? Is it Poets of the Fall? Is it 30 Seconds to Mars? Or is it Bjork? Sort of curious. If, uh, Miranda, do you th- do you, is anything popping into your head from yeah, recent? Okay, she know knows. Neil, I'm going to go your way here. I don't know if you're uh, up on your Remedy catalog or not, but if not, you uh. can just guess. Okay, no, I'm not up on my Remedy catalog of knowing the songs. I've played the games, but they, the songs just didn't stick to me. Um, I know it's not 30 Seconds to Mars. I just know that off the top of my head. So it's literally going to be Russian Roulette right now. That's usually me every week, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, t- take a shot. Good to be in good company. All right. Um, mm, I'm not Bjork. Even though it does sound like an uh, an outlier, could be. But I'm going to say, you said it was um, Poet, Poet of the Fall? Poets of the Fall and the Rasmus were the other two choices. I'm going to go Poets of the Fall. That, that, okay. I don't know why, but it just sticks. All right. Miranda? Poets of the Fall! Yes. Yes, indeed. Hey, there uh, we yeah, go. Poets of the Fall. By the way, that song that's on the Max Payne 2 end credits is called Late Goodbye. It is, I think it is a phenomenal song i actually back at the time i downloaded i went and found it and i downloaded it uh great song cool band and yes uh, miranda do you remember where they are in in uh alan wake since you just rolled through that game? yes yes i do <laughs> i know where they are uh they also know where they are in um control what's the yes. post of the fall is everywhere with remedy i didn't actually know they also use them with max pain too so i haven't gotten to play the max pain games and i'm very excited to get to those eventually that's cool. Oh, enough. you're gonna you're gonna have a good time with with Max Payne. Those are those those hold up. They are tremendous. Good. All right, uh, Jonathan from Scotland. Good job. I will uh, update the scoreboard here as soon Yay. as we go off the air. Good job, Miranda and Neo as well. And with that, we come to the end of Unlocked Five Twelve. Neo, uh, again, where can everybody find you on Twitch, on social media, and uh, we'll follow along with all of your gaming exploits. Of course. So. 
this is actually be pretty easy. All of my social media outlets, for the most part, are Neo Game Spark. So my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Neo Game Spark. Uh, same thing for my Twitter. That's where I uh, frolic the most if y'all want to get my spicy hot takes. And my Twitch account, which I'm getting back into streaming on there after an extended hiatus, is twitch.tv slash NGS the streamer. Uh, but yeah, that's where I congregate. Um, again, Ryan, Miranda, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's always a pleasure to be among such great people. And just because I know he's probably going to say it in 30 seconds, Ryan, you are indeed old because <laughs> the podcast didn't hear that by now. <laughs> But yeah, you guys, thank you so much for having me on. And it's always a pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. Miranda, what are you up to? Um, well, I just got back from a short little vacation to go see family. So right now I'm just catching up on everything. But the biggest thing I would say is don't forget IGN guides. We have a lot of really great guides for a ton of games coming out right now. And we're very hard on them. So please check out our guides. And you can follow me at Havoc Rose and let's have with, with a K all around the internet. Sounds good. And I'm at DMC underscore Ryan on Twitter. And with that, uh, we will say goodbye for Neil Gamespark, Miranda, and Super Producer Red. I'm Ryan. This was Unlocked 512, and we'll see you again next week. <laughs>